Welcome to the eighth episode of the Good Samaritan HealthCast. I'm typically your host, Clint Cubo, but today I'm handing the reins over to my colleague, Mallory Hughes. She will be interviewing Dr. Allison Thomas, and they will be talking about breast cancer and uh, breast cancer awareness and all of that. So Mallory, take it away. My name is Mallory Hughes, and today I'm here with Dr. Allison Thomas. Welcome. Hello. Um, first, before we dive in today, our topic is breast cancer. October is almost here, but let's hear a little bit about you. So tell us about Dr. Thomas. Well, I am a general surgeon who's been here at Good Sam for just over a year now. And I also happen to do breast cancer, both surveillance, workup, diagnosis, and treatment. So that way people can have their surveillance, help prevent some breast cancer, and or treat what we find without having to leave town. Awesome. All right, let's dive right in here. What is breast cancer? Well, cancer in general is just cells of our body that grow out of control. Breast cancer, unfortunately, is very common. Although deaths are declining, it still remains the second leading cause of cancer death among women. There's over 250,000 of breast cancer in women every year diagnosed in the United States and 2,300 diagnoses in men. We don't tend to think that men can get breast cancer. And then, unfortunately, 42,000 women and 500 men in the United States die each year from breast cancer. So that's what why it's so important to talk about. That's why it gets a whole month. That's why we all wear pink. Because thankfully with mammograms, it's something we can catch early and treat. So like I said, cancer is when cells in the body grow out of control. In our breasts, we have a couple different types of cells. We have just the cells that hold everything together. We have then the ducts, which the milk travels through and the lobules that make the milk. These are the things that most likely make cancer, either the ducts or the lobules. And then cancer, unfortunately, can spread. When it leaves the body, it goes through blood vessels and lymph vessels. And when it's gone elsewhere in the body, that's when we call it metastatic. Unfortunately, at that point, that's that stage four cancer you hear about. That's when we get our oncology team on board and see what we can do to extend life, even if we can't cure it at this point. So. All right. So tell me about the symptoms. Um, there's always like different ones out online, but what do you think are like the main symptoms women should be looking for? Well, the most important thing to remember with breast cancer is it's asymptomatic most of the time. Most women, especially when we catch it early, have no signs or symptoms. But things you want to look for is if you notice any new lumps in your breasts or under your arms and your armpits, if you notice changes in your skin, sometimes the first sign we get of breast cancer is actually the skin thickens and gets dimples. It almost looks like the rind of an orange, and that can be a sign of breast cancer. If your nipple changes, if you've been someone whose nipples always pointed out and suddenly it gets pulled in, we call that nipple retraction. That can be concerning. And then if you're not currently lactating or breastfeeding and you notice fluid coming out of your nipple, that can also sometimes be a sign. Bonus of most nipple discharge, it's not cancerous, but it's a good thing to get worked up. Right. Okay. So I know in my personal experience that I know if I'm doing it, when is the best time to like screen ourselves for breast cancer? Honestly, the best time is whenever you remember to do it. <laughs> right, yeah. So you'll hear on the news or in research that self-breast exams don't prevent cancer. They don't necessarily, but you know your breasts better than anybody else. So if you're checking them and notice a difference, it prompts you to go check out care. So if you remember the first Monday of the month in the shower to check out your breasts, that's the best time to do it. There's picturegrams and other ideas of how to do a thorough breast exam to make sure you don't miss anything. If you're the type that will follow one of those, fantastic. 
if you're not, just checking out your breasts and noticing if there's a change is sufficient. And that goes both for us boys and girls because mm -hmm. you never know what might be there. Right. Okay. So if we do have any signs and symptoms, um, it's important to see your doctor right away. Um, we can also talk about risk factors. So some, you know, risk factors we can change and better, but others we can't. So what are some of the things like we don't have any control over? So unfortunately, there's some risk factors that you can't change as we get older, which if any of y'all figure that out, let me know. <laughs> as you get older, it just increases with risk. Just the older you are, the more likely cells are going to show up wonky and become cancer. If you have any family history of breast cancer, you might have some genetic predisposition. We found different genes. Some people probably heard of BRCA1, BRCA2. These are genes where your cells just work a little bit differently and have a greater chance of turning into cancer. So if you have family history, good to know. Estrogen and hormones affect cancer. So the earlier our period started, the later our menopause kicked in, those things can affect breast cancer. Unfortunately, some of us with denser breasts can make it harder just because we don't notice changes as much. It's harder to see on imaging. Um, if you personally had breast cancer or ovarian cancer, that's a risk factor. This one is hopefully something that's decreasing, but in the past, if you had radiation therapy for Hodgkin's lymphoma, those type of things, it tended to be a very intense radiation, and that put you at increased risk for breast cancer. And then anyone who took the drug, pardon me for murdering how to say this, <laughs> diethylstilbestrol, DES. Some pregnant people got it during the 1940s to 1970s. There was an increased risk of breast cancer associated with that. Good news is I don't think we give that drug anymore. So that should be decreasing. Great. Um, so let's talk about the things we can change, even though we want to change them. Sometimes they're so hard to change. <laughs> I saw this list. I was like, mm. <laughs> being more physically active, drinking alcohol. Where? Why? Well, <laughs> drinking alcohol is actually the one that's actually... Yeah. <laughs> so unfortunately, the risk factors you can change typically are helpful for most things anyway. If you're more physically active, you tend to get less breast cancer. If you lose weight, if you don't take hormone replacement therapy. So a lot of times, especially in the 80s, 90s, whenever we took out a uterus or someone went to early menopause, we gave them hormones to help with those symptoms, which was great to ease the transition, but those hormones can make breast cancer grow more. The biggest reason for the weight loss in those things is fat cells actually turn hormones into estrogen so they can increase the amount of circulating estrogen you have. So if your fat cells are smaller, they do less of that. You have less of the cells that can, or the hormones that can increase the risk for breast cancer. Alcohol, unfortunately, they haven't ever told me why, but it does show the more you drink, the more risk of breast cancer. Once again, most of these studies look at heavy alcohol use. So once again, we're talking about healthy moderation here. I'm not telling you you can never drink anything ever because it will give you breast cancer. So my margarita once a week is fine. Should be definitely <laughs> fine, especially if you invite me. Oh, totally. Every day. <laughs> and then other things that we'll talk about is like decreasing smoking. If you're diabetic, controlling your blood sugars, those type of things might help with prevention, but also definitely if you do get breast cancer, can help make recovery from surgery and all those things easier. So once again, being healthy never hurts. Okay, let's talk about contraceptives because I know there's always like a bunch of questions about contraceptives, about like um, fertility and everything, but when we talk about breast cancer, 
Does taking contraceptives for a long amount of time, does that increase your chance? I'll be honest, this isn't my area of expertise, but to my understanding that taking birth control does not have any increased risk of breast cancer might actually have a decrease risk because it affects your overall hormones and it might actually help you decrease the estrogen that would stimulate the cancer cells if they were present. Once again, that's my understanding. Talk with your primary medical care to make the best decision for your own birth control. So I guess we're on screening. Okay. Awesome. Everyone loves screening. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we've all heard our moms talk about how they're going to pancake your boobs <laughs> yeah. and it hurts and blah, blah, blah. As a lady who had to get her first mammogram this year. Oh, no. It's not nearly as bad as Mama said. <laughs> so It was probably worse than Mama's time because now it's, like, more comfortable. Well, and our as breasts. As comfortable as can be. But. Our breast center here is freaking fantastic. I know I'm biased because I work there. But our nurses, our staff, even our equipment, it's top of the line, fantastic. They do their best to make you comfortable. Everything's nice and efficient. They streamline. And I never thought I'd say it, but my mammogram was a lovely experience. That's what we're here for. Yeah. So I'm, like I said, as a lady who started screening myself, strongly recommend screening. It's your best tool. Unfortunately, like we said, breast cancer is very common. I think the last numbers I saw was something like one in eight women in their lifetime will get breast cancer. But between surgery, hormonal treatments, radiation, if we catch it early, we can treat it and people can go on to live their normal lives. And screening's the best way to get that. Once again, not my area of expertise, but they have all new ways with the mammograms, with this different imaging and things, something called tomography, mm -hmm. that it's almost like 3D. They can scroll through the breast and see all the different tissues. We're catching things early, they're treatable, we can take care of them. There's no reason not to go get your mammogram because I know cost is always a factor. But to my understanding, insurance companies are required to pay for mammograms. So if anyone gives you crap or if you're worried about it, come talk to the breast center. They'll help you figure it out and make sure it's getting paid for. I think we also have a financial assistance program with the um, breast association that a lot of people can qualify for that they don't know about. Mm -hmm. But again, like call the breast center and figure out if you qualify for that. So I, I think that's kind of sometimes a deterrent, like, oh, I can't afford this. And mm -hmm. then they let it go so long, and it becomes a bigger issue. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about breast magnetic resonance imaging, <laughs> MRI. MRI. So this is an area that's still controversial. We love our MRIs, especially I get to go have my first one in two months. <laughs> so us ladies with denser breasts, you'll see them in us younger girls. MRIs are getting involved in the screening process. I will admit I'm slightly anxious. I get it. I've been told I have to lay flat for 15 minutes. But having had my first MRI earlier this year of my brain, our MRI techs are great. Yeah. They made it super comfortable. The whole process was great. So I'm not as anxious as I was before. And it's 15 but minutes by yourself. Like how often do you get that? I have a one-year-old. Never. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> but MRIs... Our great screening tool, they definitely have a role for actual working it up once we find cancer. They don't have a definite role yet. They're still an evolving role. So if you do find out you have breast cancer and no one talks about an MRI for you, that's completely normal. Not every person needs an MRI. It's sort of a case-by-case -case basis. We tend to 
determine that in sort of a multidisciplinary group. All of us docs involved in cancer, our radiation oncologists, our med oncologists, our surgeons, our nurses, we all get together every month and talk about patients, what's going on to make the best decisions. MRIs are one of those things that are plus or minus. So don't be surprised if you don't need an MRI, but especially if you're younger doing earlier breast screening, MRI might be indicated just because your breasts are so dense. And back to what you talked about, those programs to help pay for things. Mm -hmm. We have a specific grant for MRIs for people at high risk for breast cancer that need an MRI screening to make sure they're more affordable. Because unfortunately, since it's still that gray area, insurance companies don't always pay for it or you still have to pay your copay which on an MRI, a 10% copay can be challenging. It can be, yeah. So definitely make sure you talk with the breast center about what options there are for financial aid. Awesome. Um, we kind of already touched upon this, but clinical breast exam and breast self-awareness. Um, I know for me personally, I don't know if any other women do this, but I always think like, oh, that's a lump. And then I go to my doctor like, no, that's caffeine. <laughs> so is there a way to like tell the difference or do you know? <sighs> I guess, I guess it's that thing, like, do it more often and you'll know, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so we're young ladies. We're going to have lumpy, bumpy breasts. They're going to change when we're having our period. If we have more caffeine, if we don't sleep as much, our boobs are kind of like mood rings. They tell us how we're doing. But if you're doing a clinical breast exam every month, at the same time every month, mm-hmm. so it's the same point in your cycle, you'll start noticing, like, okay, that lumpy bump is always there. This lumpy bump, ooh, that one's new. You have to see next month that that one's still there. For people like me who have sometimes bad memories, you might keep a journal. That's a good idea. And be like, okay, I had a lumpy bumpy in the right boob. Oh, it's gone now. Okay. Um, But obviously, never hesitate to ask your primary care provider and be like, hey, I got a new lumpy bumpy. What do we need to do yeah, about just it? Check it out real quick for me. And also make sure you have a primary care provider for your annual physical that does do a breast exam. Can be your OB guy, can be your primary care provider. Doesn't matter who does it, but you want the same person checking them out every year so they get familiar with mm-hmm. it. Because you'll notice your doctor's like, okay, that bump's still the same, particularly if you've had an excision before. Oh, that scar feels the same. Nope, it feels different. The more you see it repeatedly, you get a better idea. Right. And just a plug here for if you anyone needs a physician, you can call our physician referral line, 812-885-8500, or go to gshvin.org slash find a provider. Because I know we have many providers looking for new patients. Mm-hmm. Um, so clinical trials. Do we do those here? We do. So clinical trials, we do participate in clinical trials. Our oncology department here, that lovely building over behind the main building. Yeah, the cancer center. You'd be amazed at all the stuff they do. They are, so the joke always is the surgeons in med school are the jocks and the medical doctors are like the geeks. (laughs) Sorry, guys. I love y'all. But they're like the rock stars brain-wise. They read so much. They know so much. They understand all of this. Like my patients in the breast clinic are all the time asking me questions. I'm like, I'd love to try to answer that for you. But you're going to see Dr. Gebhardt, Dr. Lasher, Dr. Higgs. They are so much better. They understand it so much better. They know the things that are available. They send people for things. And the nice thing about today's world, 20 years ago, oncology was kind of like little individual pods because we didn't have internet. We didn't have good ways to communicate. Nowadays, it doesn't matter if you're here in Vincennes, our nice little town of 20,000 people, Mm -hmm. or in Indianapolis in the middle of the metropolis, 
we have access to everything the same. We get to get all the same information. So if you are a patient who could benefit from a clinical trial, unfortunately, most of those patients are people who have recurrent breast cancer or metastatic breast cancer. So not your early cot cancers, but the more complicated ones, we can still get you involved in those clinical trials. You don't have to drive two hours just to see what's available. Right. I think that's kind of a hard thing for people to realize, you know, they think of Good Samaritan and Vincent, small town, you know, mm -hmm. I need to go somewhere bigger, better, but really we have everything here and we've helped numerous patients. Well, and most definitely, like, once again, I said, I'm a general surgeon who does breast surgery. So I tell all my patients, there are surgeons out there who specialize in breast surgery. And especially with some of the more complicated things, if you're someone who's getting a mastectomy, wants immediate reconstruction, there's all sorts of fancy th ways they can do that, that you keep your nipple, your breast looks nice, and you recover great. If that's what you're looking for, we'll get you to the right person. We, we want you to have the best outcome mm -hmm. possible. But for the simpler things, straightforward lumpectomies, mastectomies, no reconstruction, we can do those wonderfully here in town, keep you closer to home, don't have to travel an hour every time you go see your surgeon. But the other bonus is even if you go, you know what, I want that specialist, we work with those specialists. Once you've recovered with, from surgery and it's time for your surveillance, we follow people at least five years after surgery. You can come see us for mm -hmm. your surveillance if you want. If you want to go for surgery in Evansville but do mm -hmm. your chemotherapy here, we can coordinate and do that. We're here as a support system, whether we're your surgeons or not. Right. We just want you the best care possible, that you make sure you continue with surveillance because we want, afterwards, we want to make sure you keep getting taken care of. And that's what we're here for. Awesome. Don't, don't ever be afraid to come ask, can we do this? But also don't be afraid, hey, I heard about this. Is that an option? We have absolutely no problem getting you to whomever, even if it's not us, that's the best option. Right. And we mentioned after cancer surveillance. So we're sort of skipping over talking about cancer itself just because there's so many different variations, so many different things. If you do end up getting an abnormal mammogram, they're going to directly set you up for a diagnostic mammogram, which has different views. The radiologist is there while it's happening to make sure we get a good picture. If they think it's something concerning, they'll get you a biopsy. And if that biopsy comes back as something, you're going to come to the breast center. We're going to sit down and talk about what it means what your options are and all of that. That's the whole separate podcast that could take the whole time. <laughs> but I will admit, given recent losses, good Sam has had, if you have breast cancer, please make sure you're following up with people. We can do everything right. You can do everything right. Everything can be fantastic, and it can unfortunately come back. So survivorship and surveillance after the fact is so important to make sure if there is a recurrence, we treat it early. If there is complications, we take care of them. Because like I said, once we start taking care of you in the breast counter, we're here for you forever. Mm -hmm. So don't let that fall away. We want you to keep doing well. Right. Okay, so we talked about, you know, some different kinds of therapies, but there's also like complementary and alternative medicines that are, can be used when, if you have breast cancer, do you want to speak about some of those? I'll be honest. I don't know most of the complementary stuff because that tends to be sort of wraparound stuff, but I'm be honest, anything additional you do that makes you feel better, helps you feel better with recovery is fantastic. Just don't ever let 
This is the cynic in me. I see the TikToks. I see these other things that say, let's do X instead of. Right. This is what the doctors don't want you to know about. Mm -hmm. This works just as well as surgery. Well, if it did work just as well as surgery or the actual FDA-approved medical treatments, someone would be patenting it so it would be part of our treatment regimen. Right. I... I don't think Big Pharma or anything are out there keeping down these secret treatments because they don't want you to know. So don't ever go with those alternative treatments or those other ideas instead of the regular medical treatment. But if it's something adjunctive that's supportive and helps you go along with it, I'm fully supportive, adjunct supportive things. Just don't neglect your medical care because you're read on TikTok that if I drink vinegar, it will go away. Right. <laughs> The all cure. Okay, so I think we've kind of touched upon most of the stuff on my list. Um, do you have anything else that you want to add? No, I think we've covered most of the basics, to be honest. Breast care is one of those things that just in my 10 years so far of being in medicine has changed so much already. It's one of those things that's constantly evolving. I know as patients were like, wait, I thought they said 45. Now they said 40. Work with your primary care doctor. Let them know your concerns. They're great at listening. Do your surveillance as recommended. And know that here at Good Sam, between our surgeons, our medical oncologists, our radiation oncologists, our nurses who keep all of us in line, right. you are in great hands. You're going to get great care. And we just want to keep you going so you can keep making this town as wonderful. Yeah. So like I said, I've been here for a year. My baby's a year now. So he was born oh here actually gosh. at Good Sam. I really like this town. I've hope I get to keep it as my hometown. It's my new hometown. I want the people of Vincennes well taken care of. I want all of us just to make it through this. And if you do get a positive result from something, I understand how scary that is. That's why we're here. We'll sit down, we'll talk with you, go over what to expect, what's next, what the options are. You never have to feel alone. We can always give you support or other things. Don't put things off. Get things checked out and take care of yourself. Yeah. Awesome advice to live by for anything. Someone really wants you. Apparently, I have to go actually do work. I'm on call today. Oh, no. So. And to close out this health cast, we would like to thank once again, Dr. Allison Thomas and coming up here to speak to Mallory. And Mallory, thank you for uh, taking over this topic. And we will catch you guys next week. 